We've got Lewis Shen talking about Kraft Heinz on this CG episode of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Dylan Lewis coming to you from sunny Alexandria, Virginia, and I'm joined to my left by half-man, half-amazing Vincent Shen. Vincent, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? It's uh, it's interesting to be in the host seat. Now I'm subbing in for Sean. Uh, it's unfamiliar territory. Yeah, I will be uh, doing similar for you on the tech show this Friday. Yeah, listeners be ready. Um, so what are we talking about today, Vince? So uh, we have two parts, and uh the first one being big earnings release last night. So we touched this on this, Sean and I did, uh, back in March mm-hmm. when the deal was first announced to create, you know, the mega food and beverage company, Kraft Heinz. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the $50 billion deal uh, approved and officially started trading as KHC in early July. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, this is their first uh, earnings release as the combined entity. But, you know, obviously... For the second quarter, they're reporting them as separately as separate entities, and uh, overall, not. I can't say I'm really surprised. Uh, yeah, how, how did earnings look? Yeah, sure. So at Kraft, I'll, I'll do Kraft and then Heinz. So at Kraft, uh, net revenues were down about four point nine percent year over year, uh, with a small foreign exchange impact. Obviously, Kraft has much less of an international business compared to Heinz. Mm-hmm. Uh, five, of the, five out of the six segments reported down sales. Oh, wow. But, you know, uh, with 3G Capital being kind of infamous for its cost-cutting measures, it, the operating income was actually up 5.6% year-over-year for the quarter. Okay. And, uh, you know, dil- diluted earnings per share were up 15% to $0.92 cents per share. And overall, uh, they're attributing growth in their bottom line to favorable commodity costs, uh, lower SG&A, uh, a lot of that being advertising spending, and just lower manufacturing costs, and driven by some of their cost-cutting measures. And that's all stuff you'd expect to see drop off if someone's focused on efficiency and dropping costs. Exactly. Yeah. And at, over at Heinz, uh, the net revenue was down about 4.1% year-over-year to $2.6 billion, and that Heinz's business being having a lot more, uh, much larger international segment. They actually saw a really big nine point four percent foreign exchange negative wow. impact. That's a big hit. Yeah, very very significant. And uh, their adjusted EBITDA was up six point seven percent year over year, uh, despite that foreign exchange impact. So again, kind of seeing how some of the cost cutting measures mm. uh, are helping them in that regard. And ultimately, they reported a loss of about ninety one cents per share. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were able to get higher pricing and they saw better sales in performance in uh, North America and in Latin America. Mm -hmm. But that was pretty much offset by declines in all their other uh, international segments. And I think that's something that we see with all of the large multinationals this reporting period. I mean, the strong dollar is going to impact anyone with large international segments. Yeah. And that's been a trend, obviously, for, you know, for some time now, for the past few years. string of releases yeah. for these so companies. It's something to be mindful of, but not overly concerned with. I mean, it's just a reflection of the fact that they're a huge company with international scale. Yeah, right. sure. Um, so, all in all, are these results good? Are they bad? Are they what we expected? So, the thing is, um, you know, like I mentioned, you know, when 3G Capital has came in, there was a lot of talk about, you know, within, I think it was by 2017, they're expecting at least $1.5 billion in cost synergies and reductions from, you know, workforce reductions, increases in productivity. And 
3G does something called zero-based budgeting, where it's like every year, instead of trying to work off of last year's budget and updating it for this upcoming year, they start everything from scratch. Hmm. And what that basically allows them to do is really tighten the belt. So they will push any reductions, like nothing is too small, be it printing on two both sides of the paper. And I, you know, there's things uh, they're talking about how craft, obviously, lots of. Uh, products offered to employees for free right. well there's been reductions in that i'm sure they're not happy about that yeah exactly <laughs> and even executives who are traveling for business now are bunking up together in hotel rooms <laughs> whereas before you know they might probably have their not you know their own very nice presidential suite or something well now you got a roommate <laughs> so those kind of things are what uh, 3g capital has been known for brazilian pe fund and i don't know i think Long term, that definitely has some concerns for me, but we can get that get to that in a little bit. Otherwise, you know, Heinz obviously being the more international business saw much more of a negative impact from foreign exchange. And another thing that I thought was kind of you know worrying for me, almost disconcerting, is that the company did not see the need to hold an basically an earnings call with mm. analysts like pretty much every other company does yeah big or small that's publicly traded and i mean that's a huge source of insight for investors uh, just in terms of what's been going on some added commentary to some of the numbers that we look at on an earnings report and also it gives you a sense of what's going to be coming up down the pipeline oh yeah of course and think about it like this, co- this company is in a very huge stage of transition and to have no guidance about what they're expecting for the rest of the year with the integration efforts you know how successful things are looking it definitely kind of just leaves the entire market with their, you know, shrugging their shoulders like, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know a lot of times we see with the quarterly calls that we get a little bit more depth to the numbers and we hear a little bit more story. And sometimes you'll see stocks that look like they had good top line, bottom line numbers wind up dropping after hours because the quarterly calls have something that is, you know, not so glamorous in them, uh, not so seemly. Um, and so it is. It's it's kind of tough to not have those indicators in there. Um, you think long term that's it's something that we might see an issue with, you know, in a month or so, where we start to get more details that could kind of shock the stock one way or the other, something like that. Um, yeah, I think uh, you bring a really good point because, like you said, that earnings um, after the earnings call, the stock might have action. Uh, you know the headline numbers might not look great, but there's actually some really great long-term developments with some projects at a company, and that pushes the stock higher. But now, you know, I think at least over the next few months, the KHC, KHC shares might be more susceptible to like some volatility because as news does come out, investors are hearing it for the first time with absolute, you know, because they didn't get any guidance from an earnings call. Right. Interesting. Um, and so, is there anything in particular you're going to be looking at moving forward with the company? Yeah, sure. So, you know, 3G is going to remain very focused with reducing spending, be it advertising um, and some of the other like uh, little things that I mentioned earlier, and to hit that 1.5 billion dollar goal. Mm-hmm. And it's going to really want to maximize its bank for its buck, and at the same time, by pushing a lot of their spending towards the better performing brands like Heinz Ketchup and moving away from underperforming ones like, you know, gravy sauces and things like that. And so the question there is, you know, looking long term is how much of that reduced spending for these underperforming brands is going to hurt them permanently. Mm. And so, you know, a lot I think a lot of people who are following this company are are just worried that 3G's focus might be sometimes a little bit short-sighted. Mm-hmm. 
And as a result of that, it could have a very negative long-term impact on a significant portion of their portfolio um, when they only focus on the the top performers. Not, And I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad strategy, but it's something that should be kept in mind. And overall, the problem is that the entire company faces some uh, basically industry headwinds with the fact that they kind of serve packaged processed foods and there's been a big shift for consumers towards natural, you know, organic offerings. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be something that hits them doubly. Yeah. Well, great, Vincent. Uh, Thank you for your insight. Before we get into the second half of the show, I just want to let you listeners aware of a special offer. If you like what you hear on the show and are looking for foolish stock ideas, Stock Advisor may be the service for you. It's our flagship newsletter started more than 10 years ago by Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner. We're offering the lowest price out there for our industry-focused listeners, $98 for a two-year subscription to Stock Advisor. You'll get two stock recommendations every month with insight from a team of analysts. Go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of the deal. Once again, it's focus.fool.com. And so now, uh, looking at some other CG stuff going on in the marketplace, I couldn't help but talk about Verizon today after some big news dropped earlier this week. So yeah, on last Friday, uh, you know, Verizon kind of following in T-Mobile's footsteps. Who did this, by the way, like two years ago? <laughs> um, they became the second. Verizon became the second major wireless carrier to end subsidies for their new customers. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, the system that I was used to for a long time, basically being, I'm going to pay a hundred dollars, maybe two hundred dollars for this high, the newest iPhone, the newest Galaxy, whatever high-end flagship device. But as a result of that, my monthly bill is a little higher because I'm basically paying off the subsidy for that device. Well, they're not they're going to stop offering that to new customers. So starting August 13th, they're focusing on what they are calling their small, medium, large and extra large plan, basically being four options um, tiered based on the amount of data that's offered in the plan and now you, in terms of the cost of the device, you either pay up front the retail price or you join the Verizon Edge program and you pay it off in monthly installments. Mm-hmm. So they're no longer offering those subsidies. Wow. So that could be a big upfront spend for subscribers. Yeah. So uh, I think you know uh, one potential concern go- uh, going forward is that people don't really realize if they've always been on these subsidy-based two-year contracts mm-hmm. how much these devices cost. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of them are upwards of six hundred to seven hundred dollars. So trying to pay that upfront. It might be a pretty tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, and then paying it off in the installments again, it's it's not like exactly like the two year contract because of the early termination fees and like things like that. But just because you're no longer set in a two year contract, if you're paying off that phone in installments, your freedom to switch, you know, does still require you pay off that device. That's true. Uh, so all in all, is this better or worse for subscribers? So um, you know. Going through the plan itself, you know, there's one at one gigabyte you're paying thirty dollars, um, and then three gigabytes you're paying forty five, six gigs sixty, twelve gigs eighty, um, and that's you know dubbed like their small, medium, large, extra large. Um, in addition to that, the into the base bill you're also pl- paying twenty dollars for the access fee per line, mm-hmm. uh, maybe ten dollars for a tablet or hotspot, five dollars for another connected device like a smartwatch, um, and ultimately I think there's about a ten device limit per mm-hmm. plan. So, looking at it, are most subscribers going to see basically lower or higher bills? I think this really depends because Verizon did really have a kind of a bit of a complicated system in the past with their different offerings, and they say that they're they're offering this new system to simplify things for everybody. So that's definitely a plus. But 
whether or not your bill overall is going to be going out, I think it really depends on your situation. So Tom's guide had a, a really interesting chart, basically for the different the four different levels of data. You know, if you have one gigabyte and it's just by yourself, you can expect to pay about fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. If you have, and then if you want the extra large, your power user, you need twelve gigs, you're going to pay a hundred dollars. And keep in mind that does not include uh, any installment pay- payments if you're do- doing Verizon Edge. Right, the phone would be on top of that. Then exactly. Yeah. And then he also had a, like a comparative for family of four based on what it will be now going forward with the new plans and then what it was previously. You know, some of the small and medium plans, so one in three gigs, you're saving 20 maybe $25 a month. But actually on the large and extra large ends, you might actually be paying 10 or $20 more. Hmm. Um, and I think that has to do with the differing access fees that Verizon uses to charge. They range from like 15 to $25. So... Your situation, it, it will really depend. You should kind of take a look what you're paying, what you are considering, and also like you have to consider things. I know that you mentioned this early before the show. You're ho- you're hoping to kind of answer this question, but it also depends on where you might be in your upgrade cycle and things along those lines. Yeah, I know something that immediately came to mind with me when I saw this news was I have a Verizon upgrade. My two year contract ended in late June, and so. I was hoping to hold off, wait for the new iPhone to drop, and then get a nice subsidized iPhone and lock up another two-year contract with them. Um, and so I think something that a lot of people are wondering is, are those existing upgrades going to be honored, or are they going to be kind of grandfathered into this new system? Or you know, and are, any insight from any tech outlets on what's going on with that? Yeah, sure. So you know, to be clear, uh, the customers who are currently on the subsidized two-year contract model are allowed to stay on that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to be required to like change right this moment when things kick off uh, later this week. Uh, that said, it, it will kind of depend on where you are in your upgrade cycle. So you mentioned that your upgrade came up in June, right? Mm-hmm. So for people who want to switch, um, or no, no, for people who want to upgrade, who are eligible for that upgrade and they want to stay in the old system, uh, generally... Indications from the company. I don't know if they're officially confirmed, but a lot of the tech outlets, like you mentioned, have basically pointed in the direction of that will still be allowed. So you, it looks like you'll be able to upgrade to the new iPhone when that drops later this year. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers for you. I'm hoping that works. Um, Otherwise, for the people who want to switch, and the thing is, if you're on the current contract model and you're and it comes up like in your situation, they're going to push very hard for you to move to this new model. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's something that they did with all the unlimited data plans. Like They tried desperately to get people off of the plans that they saw weren't being as profitable for them. Exactly. And, you know, obviously, in the end, this company, I'm sure, you know, they went through every level of the plan and made sure that their bottom line was working for them. Yeah. But for switchers who have paid off, who have paid off their entire phone and they're eligible for an upgrade and you know they want to make the change they get to move to the new system you know we talked about what the base rates are and the standard access fee is still $20 like what's advertised but there's going to be some people who aren't eligible for an upgrade yet who want to switch over mm-hmm. and in that case, they're going to have to pay um, double, so they're going to have to pay a $40 access fee. And then once they hit their upgrade date, they'll come back to $20. And that's basically because the company says, you know, initially, you got that subsidized phone at a really nice price. So this is kind of huh. basically to offset that. Yeah. So you have a little steep price there to pay in the beginning. Exactly. But, huh. Uh, I, I have to say, I think they're pretty smart in how they do their uh, the bucketing for this. 
you know, like I'm currently on like a two gig plan. And so I, I am looking at this and I feel like I'm trapped between the one and the three. And realistically, I'm probably going to go towards the three. Yeah. Just because I don't want to get slapped with overages. Exactly. And they're, they're not going to be cheap, too. So I think I saw that for any of these plans, for every gig over that you go, it's going to be an extra $15. So just like that, if you're yeah. on the one gig plan and you go over to two gigs, you're paying 65 anyway. You might as well do the three. So it pushes yeah. you basically up into the second bucket. And, and can, you put a really, can you really put a price on peace of mind? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that you won't be going over your data. Um, awesome. Any other thoughts for us, Vince? Yeah, so... Um, for the people who really like crush data every month and they're watching 1080p HD video all day on their phones or their mobile devices, uh, the 12 gigs is they're called their extra large, but it's not their biggest. They actually have options from 20 gigs at $120 up to 100 gigabytes, which is insane. Wow. Way, at $750. So that's probably more of like a corp, you know, like a. A very a large family, or you know, some type of like business account. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a month's rent. Yeah. <laughs> so that there are options. It's not. It doesn't max out at the twelve gigabytes. And also, I think another thing I should I wanted to mention is that for people who are in the nice situation where their employers or their companies help to cover some of the costs of their monthly bill, um, you know, sometimes the company might cover your monthly bill, but not the device. So you are in a better situation where you're paying that subsidized price of maybe a hundred two hundred dollars and then letting your monthly bill be higher because your employer's got the check Mm -hmm. but in this case due to the new you know if you want to pay up front or uh that might not be your best option because that's really just going to lower the bill for whoever's paying it yeah so that's just something to keep in mind for those of us who have that nice perk interesting uh well great for talking with me vince uh appreciate all your thoughts yeah no problem And as always, people on the program may have interests in the stocks they talk about. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks solely on what you hear on the show. Thanks for listening and Fool on! Fool on!